That was John the Manable Benaducci. Really interesting guy, a MMA fighter who is fighting on the Bellator 215 card on February 15th. Check out his story. Check out his Instagram. Uh, just, just really interesting for a guy to take 10 years off and then come back and compete at the highest level in sport. So without further ado, let's get to becoming legendary with John the Manable Benaducci. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legend and become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one Your percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. John, welcome to Becoming Legendary. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm really happy to be on the show. Uh, I was checking out your instagram and then started listening to some of your episodes uh recently really good stuff cool i'm i'm glad yeah you you have a fun you have a fun instagram and a really fun story that i want to get into i want to start with a question that i ask everybody which is uh what does a typical day in your life look like a typical day uh well actually normally that question would be like no typical day but i'm training for a fight right now so i actually do have the most consistency I ever have is like during a high camp, right? Like yeah. The day has to follow a certain way. Um, usually I, w- I wake up super early. I'm up at like four 30 and then I'll try to catch like a little workout. Then I usually try to get my morning clients in early. So I'll do like four private clients and then I have the rest of the day to train. Okay. I'll usually take a break in the middle of the day, have lunch and hit two or three training sessions a day. So I mean, training for a fight is a pretty, pretty regular schedule yeah you know pretty regimented actually for the last 12 weeks yeah you know? so i like to do a very european style take a break in the middle of the day relax <laughs> take a nap maybe and then hit my training man i wish i wish everybody did that you know it, it i tell you what i mean training for the fight now don't get me wrong it's tough it's, it's grueling but it's definitely easier to deal with when i have nice breaks taking that yeah you know i'm 38 so for me recovery is number one yeah i mean training of course i put the work in every day but man it takes some time to recover let me tell you a lot of hot baths i got a sauna in the house (laughs) so i want to you're 38 years old in two weeks you're fighting at bellator 215 correct yeah that's right okay i'm on the card at bellator so uh that's pretty exciting that's pretty exciting yeah what my second fight in the bellator cage Second, second Bellator fight, and you had a ten year, ten year layoff. So, dude, that's why I said my day is normally not <laughs> normal. I'm kind of wild, yeah. So I had like four pro fights, uh, ten years ago. Now eleven years ago, I guess. You know, then I had hurt my shoulder, uh, and I had it reconstructed twice. Okay. So first, I hurt it in training for a fight. And then I just tore it out and I didn't get it fixed for like six months. So I messed it up. Right. I kept training on it. Yeah. The doctor. So my shoulder one night of training, it had come out. It went back in and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to suck it up. So for six months, I was training with this thing popping in and out. Like, remember Mel Gibson from Lead the Weapon? <laughs> yeah. And you would pop the shoulder back in. <laughs> so I was doing that shit for like six months. Then one night, 
it wouldn't go back in. Mm. So I'm like, damn, all right. So I'm like, I'm going to sleep on it, see how it feels in the morning. <laughs> so I never had a problem sleeping, let me tell you. So I go to sleep, I wake up, I throw up, I'm in pain, I'm like, shit. I go to the doctor in the morning, I go to the orthopedist, and uh, I'm like, doc, you know, I popped it out a couple times. He's like, what's a couple? I was like, yeah, two or three. He's like, all right. I was like, it won't go back in. He's like, oh, what were you doing this morning? And it popped out. I was like, no, this was last night. He's like, and then what? I was like, and I went home and went to sleep. <laughs> and then after he picked his job off the floor. Yeah, he was like, all right. I was like, I don't know, you know, pain tolerance and shit. Yeah. So uh, he's like, yeah. So he, he used to do a lot of like pictures. He did an MRI on it. He was like, listen, we got to get this done pretty quick. Like, it's, you know, it's fucked up. Yeah. So they had to do a really extensive surgery. Uh, they had to reshape the bone. Yeah. From popping in and out so much, it, mm. uh, it made a groove, so then it was easier to pop in. And then I guess it shifted a little bit, so it wouldn't pop back in the groove. Is why I couldn't get it. Got it. In that time, then they had to put four anchors in it to anchor it down. I tore the bicep tendon and reattached the bicep labels. And everything messed up. That's right. Six months. Of... So a month after I get that done, I'm still healing. He was like, "It's gonna take three months before you." to go even to physical therapy looking at a year off. I was like, okay, year. I was young, 26, I think. I was like, all right, a year is nothing. So a month after I get into a car accident, mm. messes the whole surgery up. I'm sitting on the side of the road with the anchor sticking out of my shoulder. Wow. So uh, I had to get it redone. And then that kept me out like two years. So for like two years, it was just a mess between going to physical therapy and trying to get it back. So for two years, it took me to get back to like real training. Then, uh, then it took like a year for it to feel like close to a hundred percent to even be able to like train hard. And by that time, you know, three years away, I, uh, I was doing more coaching and I had owned the gym in Queens. So I owned the gym for like five years. Then that wound up not working out after a while. And, uh, I was like, really stressed. I was, I was out of shape. I hadn't really been, I mean, I had been doing jujitsu. I had done some jujitsu tournaments in there, but I wasn't fighting. And then, uh, you know, I had a lot of free time. So I started to get in shape, going around the gym. The guys make me feel, you know, I feel good around the guys. Yeah. And, uh, I was, when I closed my gym, I was 207. Okay. Jeez. Now my heaviest ever before I started training, I was heavy, but like I was pretty, pretty heavy for someone that, Fought at 55, and now yeah. my next at 145. I saw that. So when I closed the gym, I was like 207. I just started getting in shape. I was like, you know what? I want to start sparring a little bit, just get some stuff out. Yeah. And uh, after like six months of that, I was like, you know what? It'd be fun to take a fight. <laughs> so I called my manager. I was like, bro, I was like, you know what? I think I got some shit. I kind of want to get a fight. He was like, all right. He was like, oh, he's like, you sure? How's your training? I was like, you're talking to my coaches. You know, I'm training. I was like, listen, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, I'm just coming back. Let's see what happens. And he winds up, you know, I I have a very good jujitsu pedigree. Uh, you know, I have exciting fights, and uh, and he got me a fight in Bellator, and I did. I fought at 155. I was like, I don't even know if I can make 55 because I was so heavy. Yeah, and I made it really easy. And I was like, oh, and the game changed as far as weight cutting. Like guys cut massive amounts of weight. So I was like, oh, I was like 55. This dude is like 185 to yeah. fight time, right? So I was like, all right. So I had a good fight with the kid, though, with this guy. The kid 
You know, I yeah. remember when I, <laughs> I had a good fight with this kid. I you know, took him down, you know, early in the first round and was doing some good stuff. I pulled off some good shots, you know, went back and forth for a little bit. I wound up getting cut, you know, and uh, but they were like, oh, you know, drop to 45 it was pretty exciting. You know, we'll give you another shot. It was a good fight. So I was like, all right, dope. So that was about 16 months ago. And since that time, I've been training steady. Now I feel like <clears throat> it's no, like, wondering, oh, I think I want to do this. I'm like, 16 months I've been training yeah. since that this fight. Maybe I took a month off after that fight just to heal up. And I've been training that whole time. I was supposed to fight October. Couldn't get me an opponent. So I've been really consistent. And this is, I hate to say the best I felt, but uh, shit, as far mm-hmm. as overall, maybe... My cardio was a little better as a kid, but overall, I mean, I'm in good shape. Yeah. <clears throat> you see my videos, I'm looking jacked. For sure, you're looking jacked. Yeah, inspiring the kids. The kids are like, that. <laughs> I'm like, man, these 22-year-old kids hype. Yeah. They're like, man, they're like, you know, you're old enough to be my, you're my dad's age. I'm not even old enough to be like, you're my dad's age, and you're in here sparring, you know, putting the regular work in, just like any other fighter. Yeah. Which I, I was going to, I was going to ask, right? Like. So you were thirty, you're thirty six for your for your comeback. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty six, or I just turned thirty seven. Okay. Like so, but most people are are really winding winding down the like extreme physical activities at that age, and you're like ramping back in. So, so two questions I want to ask you on that. One, yeah. um, what about what about you individually makes that happen? But two, when you're when you look back at what what happened at 26 and and then where you are right now do you see it as a can you look back now and kind of see that it was advantageous for it to happen the way that it's happened well it definitely is interesting in different ways like looking back at it i was thinking about it actually i'm uh, sitting outside my gym the gym you know i have to go spar at 2 so i was like i'll get there early yeah i'll start working out one thirty. so uh, as i'm driving over here i'm like man you know, what would have happened if uh, if it didn't hurt my shoulder and and I just went through, you know, just yeah. fought and just had a regular career like that. And I'm like, oh, man, I wouldn't have been so interesting. Mm. You know, I wouldn't have owned my gym and learned all those lessons. I might not have married my wife, you know, because I might have been too focused. Sure. I have a business partner for, uh, I run a manimal training camp, yeah. like a training camp for older athletes okay. to, to kind of reinvent invigorate them you know feel powerful again because age is kind of bullshit yeah. yeah i'm ramping up right it, for you know, sure and even no matter how this goes fight wise for the foreseeable future i feel fantastic you know like my mindset's good i'm taking care of my body right i'm working just to write them out like goldilocks over here not too hard, not too hard. <laughs> yeah you know and there's a way to do that uh, i feel like oh those 10 years i learned so much mm. that shit yeah i guess i would have been a better fighter but i would have been so one-dimensional as a mm. fighter I would have just been a fighter. Yeah. With nothing else to add to the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I have a lot of great insight too. So coming back to it, I could feel different things. I could look at it a different way. I could appreciate the sport differently. I could take my time a little bit. I've been around the sport a long time, even though I don't have a ton of fights. This will be my sixth pro fight, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can appreciate it different. You know, I can. I got a good, even like mindset wise. So last night in New York, it, uh, we had like a really quick, but really hard snowstorm. And in Long Island, the second that happens, it becomes a mess to drive. Mm -hmm. So they cancel classes at the gym. 
And Wednesday night's usually a hard night for me. I do a double. I do Wednesday wrestling against the cage and then pad work. And I do a triple Wednesdays because in the morning, on a Wednesday, I go to Henzo Gracie's Academy in the city. So I already trained at Henzo's hard, right? I'm, I'm two weeks out from the fight. And I get there. I drove two hours. I live in Brooklyn. My gym's in Long Island. The gym I train at. <laughs> I drive two hours. They're like, no class. I was like, all right. Boom. I jump on the railroad. do some conditioning. I hit the bag. A couple guys just show up. Got a fight's coming up. We did some technique. And it wound up being like a, a lighter night. Yeah. It was just what my body needed. And instead of when I was young, I would have got pissed. I was like, fuck, I'm trying to train for a fight here. Why aren't these guys serious? Yeah. You know? and, uh, and then I was like, okay. I was like, well, the universe is just like, okay, tonight's a lighter night. This is what your body needs. You went hard in the morning. Could go hard tonight, but I got to spar today now. And it just wound up perfect. And I was like, oh, this worked out perfectly. Whereas before I was stressed. So yeah. without those 10 years in between, my mindset would have been different. I enjoy it a lot more now. Like the enjoyment factor is a lot, even though I guess hard to think about enjoying being in the cage <laughs> with another, you know, fighter and punching the face. Somebody, trying to, <laughs> Somebody trying to kill you. Somebody trying to kill you. Yeah. But it is enjoyable because nothing else in life puts that. Mm. It's like a snapshot in, in history. Yeah. Like you could say all the shit you want. Oh, I'll fuck that guy up. I'll kick that guy's ass. But here's how it happened that night. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I wish we could run it back a hundred times, but you can't. For sure. It's like, it has to be that night. Sure. All the training, all the preparation. And then I appreciate the, the prep more too. So mm. I used to put all the emphasis on the fight. Yeah. And now I can spread out that emphasis across the whole camp. What did I learn about my body? What did I learn about the weight coat? What did I learn about nutrition? What did I learn about interacting with my team? What did I so I learned a lot in this camp, and I have like an accelerated learning process. And I don't know how the fight's going to go. Of course, I desire victory above all things, or else I wouldn't train. But just be like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. You know, so of course I want to win. I'm preparing for victory. I'm one day, one day closer to being victorious. Yeah. But you know, let's say it doesn't happen. There's not so much pressure. It's like, well, I did so much for the camp. You know, I did. I yeah. learned all these things, and everyone around is like, wow, you, I've never seen you look so good. Be so disciplined. Yeah. You know, be so consistent. Uh, you're performing well, learning new techniques. So when I can think of it that way, I'm like, okay, the fight is the fun part, of course. You know, and, and however it works out, not so much outcome driven, which can drive you nuts. Because who knows? What if I kick this kid's ass for three rounds and the judges don't see it that way? For sure. Then I would beat myself up and be like, I'm so depressed. Oh, I suck. You know, and now it's like, okay, well, think about all the things you learned over the camp. Yeah, so. Yeah, so the, a lot better approach. Appreciating, developing that appreciation for the process, right? Like we we have become so dependent on these final these final outcomes. Um, but if we can get to the point where we really appreciate the the work that we put in, and we know we we know when we feel comfortable and confident in the work that we put in, then we've won. No matter what we're doing, right? If we're writing a paper, whatever it is, if we put in the work and we put in our full effort, we've won. Yeah, well, what do you want? Like, what more can you do? You have to take a lot out of what you, the, the process. You have to take a lot out of that. Yeah. Learn this from that. Because there's a lot of lessons there. Because the fight is quick. Yeah. Even if we distance, it's only 17 minutes. Yeah, for sure. But I've been playing in 12 weeks. Right. You know, 30 hours a week. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot happening there that you can just blow right past. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's the need of it. Why blow past that? Even like the weigh-ins. 
the weigh-ins, the weight cut process, you know, uh, there's a lot going on there, just promoting it, uh, getting to just spar with different guys, different techniques, there's a lot there. And it also almost, uh, it's funny, like, coming back after 10 years, that was my second fight, so the first one, guys kind of blew off. They were like, oh, he's having a midlife crisis. You know? And then the second one now is different because you've seen me training. And the guys have seen me training. They're like, oh. They're like, all right, Manimal, my nickname's Manimal. Yeah. They're like, all right, Manimal's crazy. But there's a madness to his method. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there's a madness there, but there's a method there too. This guy, you see it. You, you can't deny what I'm doing in front of you. Yeah, for sure. You see me showing up. I see the work. They see my, just in the body. You just look at me. They're like, holy shit. Yeah, it, and and especially when they remember when I closed my gym and came back. Mm-hmm. So I trained with some really good guys. I trained with the top fighters in the world. For now sure. Jimmy Sterling, number five ranked bantamweight. Chris Weidman is number four in the world. Yeah. You know, middleweight and Ally Quint is number four. At, you know, one fifty five. So I trained with all these top guys. And when I came back, you know, I'm a black belt in jujitsu. So you, so yeah, just pure jujitsu. They'd be like, yeah, after thirty seconds, you were kind of. <laughs> You're dangerous for like 30 seconds. And then after that, you suck. <laughs> and now I'm like pushing the pace. I'm like, no, let's fucking go. Yeah. You know, let's do three five minute rounds. Let's go. Let's do it. You know, and they're like, oh shit. They got to respect it. They yeah. see it. They score it from, from when I was heavy and depressed and shit. I was like, no, I got this. Then I had, uh, on the way, losing weight, I won the North, I won the North American grappling title in jujitsu. So I was like, okay. I was like, I got some skills still. <laughs> I was like, all right, I won yeah. the North American Grappling Association you know, the national title. I was like, okay, I got some skills still. I was like, there's some valuable skills there. Yeah. That seems fair. On the journey to it, you accumulate mm. other wins. For there's sure. There's victories along the way. For sure. I tell you what, it was one day in training, and I consider this a victory. I'm sparring this young kid, 21 years old. He's like 11 and 1. Uh, between UFC and his Japanese kid. And uh, he's a lighter weight class than me, but really fast. Right? And if you're light, you know that guy has good cardio. For sure. <laughs> so now, I do two fives with the kid, and uh, I'm feeling it. You know, I'm tired. And uh, we get a minute rest in between rounds. So we got to do a third round. So in the minute between rounds, I was just on my, I just went to my knees and I'm just like, I put my head down and I'm trying to breathe. I got up, I got a little water and I'm thinking to myself, I want to quit. I'm done. I was like, I want to fucking stop now. I was like, can I get a way out? I'm looking, I was like, Will you shut the fuck up, you little bitch. I was like, you do that last. I was like, this is going to be your best round now. Mm. I was like, now you get all that shit out of your system. And I actually wound up finishing a great third round, mm. getting some great stuff off. And I just had, you know, a learning experience with myself right there where I could have quit. And no one would have said, listen, at 38, let me tell you something. If I would have just went to my coach, bro, I, I took a hard shot. Let me chill around. I don't think it would have been like a young fighter saying that. Mm. You know what I mean? As For a sure. young fighter, couldn't say, your coach would be like, fuck that. You got, you know, I feel like I could have got away with quitting. Yeah. I don't know why I feel like that. But I did. You know what I'm saying? I was like, no, fuck you. I was like, fuck that shit. I was like, this is going to be your best round. You know, I had, and this is in a minute. Yeah. You know, now, you know, that's in a minute. But what <laughs> I learned about myself is that in that one minute, I'm like having, I'm on the 
the other side of the underworld and back in a minute. Yeah. And I had a great third round. I was like, all right. Those those moments where we where we have that I, I've been talking about this a lot actually recently, which is that you're presented with a situation that you you're not comfortable with, which just just means you're presented with a situation that you're not ready for, right? So you weren't you weren't in that moment ready for that next round. But then we have two choices. We can either panic, freeze, and 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 F up, or we can grow to the point where we meet the expectation or the challenge that's in front of us. And I think those times when we get put in situations where we're not quite ready for them, it actually allows us for this, this huge exponential growth opportunity, right? So in that moment, in a minute, you went from, from one side to this other side where you like developed a whole, a whole new capacity for yourself. How, and I don't know the answer to this. I, I don't know that there is an answer for this, but if you, if you, if you could identify something that's kind of given you that capacity, right? That that capacity to just be ready for whatever happens. Is there anything, any one thing, any one thought, any one idea that really has put you in that position? Yeah, I couldn't take away the experience I had at failing at my gym. Okay. So when I failed there, I mean, I failed in the most epic fashion you could fail. <laughs> so I, and what made the failure better is that I had a busy gym. Huh. Yeah. So everyone could see it. So yeah. you got 300 people. And I look busy. Yeah. But it, first of all, New York is a, is expensive. For sure. So I <laughs> That's an I understatement. <laughs> understatement. Anyone? Okay. I had about around 3,000 square feet. Okay. Paying 12,000 a month rent. Yeah. But then in perspective. Okay. Yeah. It's the rent. So now I got a gym that's making money on the surface, but tons of expense. Yeah. So I was doing good for like four years. But when stuff starts to happen, that starts to accumulate uh, costs. It can crush you very quick in New York. Where, yeah. where, let's say I lived in Texas, I might flounder with a business for a couple of years. In New York, you can't flounder that long. Right. Ruthless, right? right. You flounder for like three months. If you don't fix it in three months, you're out of business in six. Yeah. You know, in New York, places close before they open because of permit issues. Like, you'll sure? wind up bogged down, the place won't even open. They'll put the sign up, never get to open the door and close because of the money. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So, Shakes start getting expensive. I wound up with a few issues. Uh, I'm not really a rules kind of guy. And things that, you know, maybe should have been done by the book to save my ass. Yeah. I didn't even think about. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I had an issue with a building department thing, a labor department. I had, I had a few issues that became very costly. On top of all that, then I wind up losing 250G. I lose my house. I'm sleeping in the back of my gym for like four months. I had problems with my wife at the time. I'm married uh, 10 years also. I got married after I hurt my shoulder. I settled, was like settling down, right? So uh, problems with my wife because when one thing's wrong, let me tell you, when a big thing's wrong, everything's wrong. For right? sure. For how do sure. I deal with my wife when my business is going bankrupt and how I identified myself? So you wrap your identity up with something. For sure. Yo, this is John, the owner of CrossFit Bayside. <laughs> yep. That's how I was introduced. Who's it? Joe John runs a busy CrossFit gym. So I hear that for four years, right? Boom. Now you start to fail, and when I closed my gym, I was like, well, who the fuck am I? Virtually. I don't have a gym. Uh, I don't own that. That's not me anymore. And then I'm like, I don't need anything ex extrinsically to give me value. Like, the fight before I would put so much pressure on now, it's like, well, that's what I love to do. Yeah. That has nothing to do with me as a person. Like, no matter how it goes, it doesn't affect my value. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times people put value on everything outside of them, affecting their internal value. And I'm like, 
well, that can't be it because I can lose everything, which I did. Lost 250 G. Yeah. Lost that. Lost the business. Slept in the car. Right. Almost lost my wife. We worked. We worked it out. I love my wife. She's the best. You know, we worked it out. <laughs> yeah. Now we're better than we've ever been. Good. Tammy, love you. When you listen to this, not that you really like to hear me talk any more than I already do. <laughs> hey, Tammy. Fine. <laughs> if you listen to this, you're the best. You know, I'm happy we stuck it out. Happy yeah. We did. So she's she's really good about, uh, you know, giving me the room. Well, not accepting that I need that room. Really, not giving me the room because I wouldn't. I guess I don't quite ask. I'm more like I'm doing this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I need to do this thing, you know? Yeah. It's like the, those stuff. things that charge the battery. Yeah. Then I could show up and be like really powerful in life. Yeah, for sure. Whereas I, I think about my gym and I was like, I went so with no break. I yeah. just, I think about it now and people are like, Oh, do you want to open another gym? I was like, I don't know if I have the energy anymore to do that the way I did it anyway. I'm like, I put, you know, full speed ahead for like five years, you I know, know, so I'm I, know like, I don't feeling. know if I have the energy to do that, you yeah. know, I'm like, probably not, but like, I'm enjoying my life so much now. I like freedom. I learned, you know, I learned about me. I love freedom. Yeah. I don't want to be tied down uh, to any particular, I don't want to have to show up every day. <laughs> it's totally fair. I, it's a real obligation. It's like having an, an uh it's like having a leash tied to you almost um all the time i go away i'm like i hope nothing's messed up over there for sure how's everything going is everything okay like you know did anyone get hurt did 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 anyone did an inspector come in and write me a fine because they're very uh if you're in a nice neighborhood dude they're just like legions of inspectors to write you little fines for all Mm. kinds of shit to make money for the for the city right you know, I mean, I had a place once where I would wind up getting like a parking ticket every day. It adds up. For sure, know? it adds up. Yeah, parking they ticket every day. So you have to park in the meter. They watch your meter. So like, uh, you know, the meter maid will come by and it'll be like, oh, this expires at 12.03. I'll Guess be what? back. 12.03, he's waiting. Yeah. And at 12.04, he scans your thing. Yeah. So a little shit. Like, I'm like, I don't want to have to show up everywhere and then be obligated to a place and get eaten up by all this little shit. Yeah. That stresses you out. You know, I tried to think of, and it made me think a lot about like, okay, you could set your life up really however you want, right? Like I made that happen to myself. For sure. I did all that. For sure. And so now I try to think, all right, well, how am I going to act now? So every day, what do the Romans do? They go to the bathhouse. For sure. They do a hot tub, cold plunge, sauna, steam room. That's a pretty healthy life, right? Yeah. I'm like, I like that. And I always liked the way that that looked. And gladiators got a massage every day. Yeah. So it's always fascinating about the way they took care of their body. As I started like training as a fighter, I was like, ooh, this is interesting. Not that I did it. It's, Again. I like, it sounds like you're doing a really good job taking care of yourself. Is there is there any... Is there anyone who really influenced you in that in that world specifically? Like gave gave you kind of mentorship and how to take care of yourself? Uh I don't know, probably the second century Roman physician okay. Galen. Okay. You know? Okay. I like I it. a lot of his works. He uh he's big on it, you know. <laughs> so oh, in the modern world though, who like really takes care of themselves? I don't know. It's tough. I guess a lot of people talk about it now, but not the full package. Yeah. I like to do the full package. I sleep solid. And that, the sleep part, I remember uh, my first fight 
my first pro fight, I was so nervous, which you're always nervous. Mm. But I wasn't sleeping, and I was like, Coach, I'm not sleeping. And he's like, why? I was like, man, what if this happens in the fight? What if that happened? He's like, well, if you want to get up and train, then get up and train. He's like, but if you're not going to train, just go to the fuck to sleep. And I was like, oh, good point. But <laughs> when my head hits the pillow, my wife hates me. She's like, the second your head hits the pillow, you go to sleep. I'm like, that's it. Boom. <laughs> head hits the pillow, out. Eight hours. Shoulder out of place, head hits the pillow, out. Eight yeah. hours. That's it. Or whenever my alarm would wake me up. That's a legit so that, skill. So that I did first. I'm like, just go to sleep. You want to go to sleep? Go to sleep. You don't want to go to sleep? Get up and do something. Yeah. And let me tell you, once you start doing something, you're like, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> it's like, you know, you'll stay there laying awake. Like, don't look at your phone. Like, if you want to get up and do something, do something. Like, if you're like, oh, man, you know, am I going to be able to, you know, train? Or if you want to train, go for a run. 1.30 in the morning, just boom, start booking it. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, after that, I'm, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you do that like once or twice, you're like, just stop. It's not worth it. You're yeah. like, I don't want shit. I just want to sit here on my phone, and that's not worth it. You know, it's like that's just there's nothing productive out of that. Mm. You know, and uh, and then the bathing ritual that actually came about when I first started coming back to fighting. I was like, oh, t- you got to take care of your body. You know, and uh, just I guess there was no one person, but just hearing it. But the sleep, I got down early. Okay, that's and then a the huge rest one. Of it was like, huh? That's a that's a huge that's a huge asset. Getting the sleep locked in is is massively important. Yeah, I think that's where most of my clients mess up, and they don't sleep solid. Yeah. If they sleep, they wake up. I toss and turn. I'm like, no. I'm like, you got to sleep like you're dead. Just yeah. Out, you know. Really, that's when you're getting the most out of it. Oh, and a day nap. I like a day nap too. Good hour in a day. Yeah. I'm looking forward to sparring and then taking a nap after. Hopefully not during. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? So <laughs> uh yeah. Let me uh let me give you let me give you two last questions. Okay. Um I, I know you I know you need to get in and train and I, I wanna give you that space. I really appreciate you coming on. Let question number really one. Fun. I, I, um, I'm going to, I'm going to save one. I'm going to save a question that I always ask for the next one. Cause I, I, it's just too, it's, it's too much fun. But, um, if you could know the truth, the absolute truth to any question, what would it be? The absolute truth to any question, what would it be? That's interesting. Um, absolute truth to any question. I mean, I do think about death a lot and I've been on the other side and back, which I mm. think I have, but I don't know. Yeah. I'd like to know, you know? Yeah. Uh, what does the process look like? Right. For sure. Uh, what, what is that whole death life rebirth? Awful lot I'm, of answers. Awful lot of answers. If you know that the answer to that one. Yeah. What does that all look like? Yeah. You know, I, to know definitively would be definitely, I mean, that's, it's a big one for me. I think about it a lot. You know, I love the Viking methodology mm. of, of, of thought process. And I love their approach to death. Just kind of like, uh, who gives a fuck attitude about it? You know, yeah. like, yeah, I am who, so what I'm already dead. Sometimes I tell myself that mm. I'm like, do whatever you want. You're already dead. Mm. You know, you're already dead. I'm done. Gone. Yeah. The whole universe exploded. Nothingness. Yeah. And, uh, so you're already dead. So who cares? You can do whatever you want. I'm already done. You uh, know, this is just fun. This is just play. 
know? It should be fun. It should be play. That's definitely true. Uh, okay, last question. And this is, you can, the answer can absolutely be no. Um, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I do. Um, so what, what does legendary mean to you? Your mm. the name of your podcast becoming legendary, right? Like, uh, what does it mean to become legendary? Does that have to be something that's worldwide known? Could you be a legend only to yourself? Yeah, right? for sure. Like, what, what is that? Like, well, why, why settle on that? Right? I'm curious. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. But I'm curious to know your thought process. Yeah. So, so to me, um, legendary is it's absolutely a it's a mindset more or less, right? It's that it's that feeling of. Uh, I want to say invincibility, but it's not, it's not invincibility. It's like in flow with, with the world, with the universe, with the surroundings, right? So like when everything in your life is just in sync and to create that, I think you're living authentically as who you are. You're being impeccable and true with your words and you're, you're doing things that are right to those people in your life. When you're doing that, you are a, a legitimate, honest, to truth legend. Well, John, thank you so much. I appreciate this time. K- keep on adventuring on, take on the world, man. Looking forward to, to seeing you in action uh, February 15th. And I'm looking forward to doing episode number two with you. Yeah, we got to do it after the fight. Uh-huh. Uh, May may Odin throw his spear over my opponent so I can claim him in battle. (laughs) Heck yeah, man. But I'll take the prayer. (laughs) Enjoy enjoy training today, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. See ya.